Hello, hello, listeners. It is Brit, the petite polymath, and today, my final of the trilogy that I've been, you know, telling you I'm going to complete, Biography of X by Catherine Lacey. So hello. Um, so as I have told you, I was reading kind of three books simultaneously, and I finished them each one by one, but then I decided to not review them in the order in which I completed them. It was more kind of off the cuff. So this final book in this group of three that were kind of all being read simultaneously is um, a novel written by um, a person very dear to me, Catherine Lacey, um, who is someone that I grew up with in Mississippi. Um, She's also the stepsister of my best friend from high school. Um, and uh, it's been really exciting to witness her growth as a, as a writer, I would say. You know, it's fun to know someone before they do what they do in vocation and then to get to watch this evolve. And actually, it's pretty cool because 10 years ago, I was living in New York and I went to the book release of her first novel. Uh, and so now, 10 years later, we have this biography of X. And they're very different novels. So um, you can look up what her first novel is called. Um, and she has written considerably since then. But biography of X is really cool. I could very much imagine this on uh, the screen in either film or TV series um, formation. So number one, to write a biography for someone who does not exist and to write it from the perspective of their widow, who is also fictional, is already quite meta. And this is completely on brand for, for Catherine. Um, I, I mean, I have a pretty good imagination, but to create an alternate world where the United States has had some crisis that has caused it to schism into three territories, the North, the South, and the West, which, you know, we've seen dystopian uh, fiction in the past, um, where this is something that comes up, uh, where, you know, in, in an alternate reality, America has had a civil war where union did not happen at the end, right? And the South is as backwards as it always has been, um, obviously so at least. Not that the North really gets um, as much, I don't know, pass as maybe they... They, they typically do, but should they? That's debatable, because they let the South run their shenanigans, right? Which is already a bit of a side eye. But in this world, um, the South is in this very rigid, uh, almost like right-wing theocracy, um, akin to The Handmaid's Tale <laughs> in some ways. You know, women um, can't really be educated to the same degree. Everyone has to go to church. Um, you know, their censorship, uh, any sort of sexual fluidity is squashed. And of course, part of this also 
is this very like racist, um, white supremacist bend as well. So out of this territory, a woman emerges who just doesn't seem to go with the status quo, finds her group of dissidents, um, reads, uh, you know, banned books that are being smuggled in to libraries, unbeknownst to the powers that be at the time. And eventually uh, makes her way to the North and recreates herself multiple times throughout the course of her life. Um, with every iteration, uh, she sheds a name and a persona like a, like a skin. <laughs> and, um, and also leaves behind people who are heartbroken by this exit. Because she makes her way not just to the North, I think she makes her way to the North via this, the West. Um, and so she's apparently incredibly wily to be able to do whatever it takes to survive as unscathed, I guess, as one can be in this, in, in this world. And uh, falls in love with men and women um, and tries on different personas. And also has an almost, I don't know if anyone's ever watched that show, The Pretender, but she has this ability to be good at whatever she does. Or at least convince people that she's good at it. Um, so we're talking author, filmmaker, painter, sculptor, actress, model. Um, yeah, I mean, to some degree, a bit of an academic. And, uh, and also, I mean, <laughs> I guess kind of, she runs a pretty long con, I guess you could say, too. Like, she knows how to... Um, ingratiate herself with people that have influence or wealth, if not power, and has been able to divorce herself enough from who she actually was in the beginning that it doesn't uh, cause her as much danger as it should. Um, I think a big question in this novel is you know, what does it mean to not look back? You know, anyone who knows um, the Bible uh, remembers this phrase, remember Lot's wife. So Lot was the nephew of Abraham, and uh, he set up his home when Abraham was called by God to leave Ur, um, the, te the, you know, the village or the region that he came from in the Middle East, and go to the promised land that would be given to his descendants, right? They get to the promised land, and God told Abraham, take your family, which, I mean, I don't know what that meant, immediate family, or if that also meant extended, maybe it didn't mean extended, but he took his nephew Lot, which ended up kind of being a thorn of his flesh, and uh, when they're divvying up land because they're both growing too much, um, Abraham gives Lot first pick, Lot picks this beautiful verdant valley um, in Sodom and Gomorrah, which has been kind of heralded uh, in scripture as a place of sexual depravity. Um, interestingly, taken out of context, because the issue at hand was sexual violence to visitors, not homosexuality, because that's not the same thing, <laughs> surprisingly to people who conflate them. Not the same thing. 
And actually, throughout Scripture, when there is um, a judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not their sexual whatever that gets them into trouble. It's their lack of hospitality, because nothing is more you know, inhospitable than the threat of bodily violence um, to a stranger. In particular, um, you know, to take an act that should be one of intimacy and safety and care, um, and for it to be about power and cruelty. So that's a whole other conversation for another day. But God is so fed up with, these, with this pair of towns and how horrible they are that he is going to rain down brimstone and fire on it. And Abraham says, well, would you preserve it for... And he, na- he starts you know, coming up with numbers, very small amounts of people that God would save this place for, you know, if I can find 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you not destroy it? And God's like, yes, I will honor you. I will not destroy it for that. He could find no one for the record. So, you know, that's uh, the spoiler alert. And um, the angel of the Lord, uh, which has been, you know, or, or at least the angels that come down to destroy uh, Sodom, they rescue Lot ahead of the destruction and he's so dense like it's like pulling teeth to get him to leave for the record uh they tell him take your family do not look back just go and get as far away as possible so he's leaving with his daughters you know i mean you would have thought they had husbands but maybe the husbands didn't want to go and his wife who is from sodom and gomorrah is bringing up the rear and she looks back, and she's turned into a pillar of salt. So that was my roundabout <laughs> description of this biblical story um, to compare to the story in the biography of X of not looking back. Like the X refuses to engage with her past selves, and I would say that in plural. Um, it, it, she just wants to look forward at whatever she's doing, and. Um, this idea of, of refusing to engage with memory is interesting because of how it impacts her relationships. She's kind of, there's only been maybe, a, you know, not even a handful of people that really have any hold or sway over her. And we meet some of them in the novel. Um, even her own child doesn't really. Uh, and it's just... Uh, it's, it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. And I love the, the conflation of worlds. So we have this fictional world um, of our, our you know, author, C.M. Luca, who is not real, and X, who is her you know, deceased wife. And then we have C.M. Luca, who does this deep dive into finding out who X really is once she dies. And she is, I think, the third. Is she the third wife or the second wife? I forget now how many wives X had before her. Um, but there, there, are, there is this, you know, uh, Venn diagram overlap of really cool um, people from pop culture and history. Andy Warhol and David Bowie and Tom Waits and Bob Dylan. Um, you know, these, these culture makers, Prince, who, who overlap with X. And she either inspires them or she creates, co-creates with them. 
Um, and it's really fun to imagine, you know, what this was like. And I, I feel like this must have been such a fun world for the author, Catherine, to, to live in and, and, to, um, and to bring to life, which I feel she does really well. At the same time, there is this, this feeling of paranoia. You kind of hold your breath wondering if, if the past of X is going to catch up with her, you know. Um, and I'll let you read it to see if that's the case. But I highly, highly recommend um, Biography of X. I, I just find it to be really fun. And it's not even because I'm biased, because I love the author. It's just, it's a really great novel. So I hope you enjoyed my review of Biography of X. And if you're thinking about, well, if you're wondering about something that is making me happy, which I often share at the end, um, if you have Netflix, Miriam uh, Margulies' Almost Australian is a three-part series of a British-Australian lesbian woman who travels by camper van throughout the country of Australia just to kind of get a feel for what the country's like because she became an Australian citizen as her wife is an Australian citizen. And it is so good. It is so thoughtful. It is so complicated. And you will recognize her from Harry Potter and she's a, a you know, character actor from England. So you'll, you'll know her when you see her. It's just a really great time as well. So take care everyone. It's almost May, the best month of the year. Bye.